Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Red in the house, I the voice of Brian Tretch. I'm happy to be here. It's Monday. The world may be crumbling and tumbling and blasting and doing all kinds of terrible things around the world, but we're here talking about creativity tonight. This is my little corner of the world on Mondays, and it always comforts me to talk. To, it actually excites me to talk to smart people. I've got three very, very smart creative ladies with me tonight, and before I introduce them, I have to tell you, ladies, I didn't rehearse this with you, and stick around after. We're going to take pictures. Ladies, make the shape of the letter L with your index and your one of your thumbs, please. Katie? Make the shape of L. There you go. And on the count of three, you're going to join me on the count of three in saying hello, L, 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 just like that. One, two, three. Hello, hello L, 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 L. I think we got an extra L in there. <laughs> it's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and she's living in Whitestone, New York, and that's a W, and I tried to get her to move to London. It was too hot and too expensive, and I took up a fake GoFundMe. I'm doing this fast because I've been doing this for five years, and then I found out that I was living in a place that starts with L, so I'm moving her to Loudoun, Tennessee with me, whether she likes it or not. So then she'll be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in Loudoun. How about that? Today is October 9th. I will tell you, I had a birthday over the weekend, and I received lovely messages from people all over the world. Some of you, I don't even know who you are, but you must be in my 5,500 LinkedIn connections, my Facebook connections. Some people started the night before the birthday because they were in Asia and it was already October 7th. So I was up late saying thank you very much. And I'm still getting belated birthday wishes today. So thank you so much to all of you who were so kind to remember my birthday. And that was very, very exciting to hear from you. And it is today, October 9th. I will tell you it's the 282nd day of 2023 and to Veronica and Lori and Katie my guests whom I will introduce in just a moment I'll tell you that we used to use something called the Julian calendar and then Pope Gregory decided that he didn't like it because Katie you'll like this he didn't like where the leap days were so he changed them to something like one every 300 years he moved it around and his mom said Greg Grego Gregory you're really creative he she said someday Radio Red's going to talk about you every week on radio show. <laughs> I'm only joking. That was probably a thousand years ago. Anywhere, maybe 2,000 years ago. So we have the Gregorian calendar now, and that's what I talk about every week. 83 days remain until the end of the year. <gasps> New Year's Eve is coming soon, and this is the 41st Monday, and nobody cares about that except me because I cherish and treasure my Mondays. So ladies, I'm just going to say, Veronica, in case somebody in your family has a still and they used to make bootleg whiskey, get that still out and start putting something together soon because it's not a lot of days. Katie, if you like something to imbibe and you like to do yours in a creative way, maybe there's a Kahlua in your future, and if you have an extra sink in the garage or the basement. That's the place you're going to start to create your crafted Kahlua. And Lori, if you like to do something online, I'm telling you the liquor stores or any store with any kind of beverage doesn't have to be alcoholic. I don't know you yet. 
they will be cleaning off their shelves very soon. Everybody will say, whoa, another New Year's Eve. We made it through again. So everything's going to be gone very, very quickly. So I've warned you ladies, 83 days, get started, and you'll tell me what you have for New Year's Eve. So let me tell everybody who my special guests are, and then we're going to do a little Libra game. Okay, so raise your hand and smile when I call your name. Veronica Caraman is with us. Hello, Veronica. She's an eight-time best-selling author. Whoa, what happened to nine? We'll talk about that. She's a high-performance coach for athletes and achievers, and she is a women's U.S. golf pro who taught her 85-year-old mother to play golf. I can't wait to hear the story. Veronica, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. I met you on the National Publicity Summit a couple months ago, and I said, oh, you got it. First, I think you're the second golfer I've had in about 12 years on the show, and I'm very, very oh, happy to great. have you thank here. You. So thank you. And then we have Lori Lockyer. Did I say it right? Lockyer, L-O-C-K-Y-E-R. I'm still working on that one. She's a women's wellness expert what the world needs now, a nutrition biochemist. She's a certified essential oil specialist. I want to talk to you about that. A published author, and let's make a muscle, Lori. She's a competitive bodybuilder. Oh, there it is. Beautiful and sleek. That's what we like. And then we have Katie Marie. Katie's with us. I haven't figured out what her accent is yet, but she'll tell us. She's the author of a young adult fantasy novel. She's an Eric Hoffer Award finalist horror novella for her horror novella. She is researching, listen to this, disability representation in the horror genre for her PhD. And Katie Marie comes to us through Mickey Mickelson, who is a gentleman in Canada who has a very active, creative PR agency, and he sends me a lot of guests. So Katie Marie, we're so very, very happy to have you here. Now, any of you Libra like I am? Is anybody born under the sign of Libra? Well, I'm going to give you a chance to be a an honorary Libra, if that's okay with you. So I'm going to read a couple of characteristics, and if they apply to you, don't be shy. Just wiggle. I think you all have 10 fingers. Uh, there's a, a mean finger in the middle. I don't respond to that, but any of your polite fingers, you can wiggle, and that means you're, you're interested in being a Libra. So here we go. Libras are some of the most interesting and clever people around. Would you qualify for that, Katie and Laurie and Veronica? Uh, Katie, Katie, come on. You can you can do this. Uh, Libras were born to be VIPs. Gee, I'm learning about myself. Libras conquer their field of choice. There you go, ladies. You all are through their intelligence, their charm, uh huh, their likable nature. Come on, that's it. Incredibly cooperative and fair-minded. There's the balance scales. They're great at launching. Not you. <laughs> well, I've been I've been known to also. Yes, uh, they are uh, great at launching new initiatives. I think you all are. Um, they're excellent conversationalists, witty and smart. Katie, can you sign on for that one? She's still not sure about that. Maybe. They have Katie. This is for you. <laughs> Libras have active imaginations, Katie. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. They're quick on their feet. They're great companies, company and great problem solvers. And they're obsessed with symmetry and they like to see equilibrium in all areas of life. I don't know about that. They're ruled by Venus, the planet that governs love, governs love, beauty, and money. They adore art, intellectualism, and connoisseurship. Excuse me. Uh, the cardinal sign, as I said, great at launching new initiatives. So, um, Recommended careers are designer, decorator, art critic, and stylist. Do we have any art critics and stylists? Well, it, it doesn't always make the mark here. Uh, famous Libras, Kim Kardashian, Bruno Morris, Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka, Bella Hadid, birthday is today, I think, Cardi B, Gwyneth Paltrow, Catherine Zeta-Jones, the rapper Eminem, John Mayer, Dakota Johnson, Doja Cat, Gwen Stefani, Blake, 
Zach Efron, Kate Winslet, John Krasinski, Fran Drescher, who's been in the news recently with the writer strike and the actor strike, Kelly Ripa, whoa, Joy Behar, Alicia Silverstone, Avril Levine, Levine, however she pronounced it, Julie Andrews, Snoop Dogg, and Judge Judy are all Libra. So who wants to be an honorary Libra? Katie, did you make up your mind? Oh, hell yeah. Go oh, hell it. yes. Okay. Lori, oh, yeah. <laughs> Veronica? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My okay, Gemini can go, ten, oh, yeah. take a side. There you a go. So you set. can all be, I'm the real real deal, and you can all be honoraries. There yes. you go. So uh, I'm going to read you all a little poem, and then we're going to have you each introduce yourself more fully than I introduced you. I asked ChatGPT, just for the heck of it, to rewrite the intro I just read about the three of you. And I like this little poem. I posted it on LinkedIn today. Katie, I didn't have a LinkedIn ID for you, so I just added your name, but I had one for Lori and Veronica. Here we go. In the realm, and, and just smile if you like this one, in the realm where creativity thrives and glows, three remarkable souls, their stories composed. Veronica Caraman, a coach with wisdom profound, from golfing greens to literary ground. Lori Lockyer, like that? Lori Lockyer, a wellness whisperer, strong and bright, a bodybuilder's spirit, a beacon of light. And Katie Marie, a wordsmith with tales to unfold in fantasy realms and horrors her stories are told. How about that? Amazing. Wicked. Uh, join AKA Radio Red, where brilliance takes flight in a symphony of creativity, pure and bright. For in these voices, a universe unfurls, driven creativity, where inspiration swirls. Should we give a round of applause to ChatGPT? I had something to do with it too. I always do a human collaboration. I'm still the human in the mix. And yes, I posted this on LinkedIn today. So let's go around the table and get to know you all a little bit better. Veronica, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you kindly talk to our global audience? Take your three minutes of glory here. I think uh, Andy Warhol would have given you 15, but you get three minutes on the show. You're going to be talking a lot in three minutes on bite. So please fill in the blanks. Tell us all about your golfing career, what your writing is all about, and officially welcome Veronica. Go ahead. Well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be on this show. And I often tell people that um, I didn't come out of the womb with an umbilical cord. I came out with a five iron <laughs> and I've been playing golf ever since I was five years old. My father placed a putter in my hand and golf has been a big part of my life. I see the, the lens of reality and see truth and how the universe works through uh, the lens of golf. And so it's been my pleasure to be a professional athlete for many, many years. And more importantly, uh, when I touring days were over, I really have a passion and a love to release potential in people. So right now I work a lot with competitive junior golfers and help train them to be champions. And champions are different than other competitors. They think differently. And um, I've written books on it. My most recent book is called God Make Me a Champion, An Athlete's Journey of Faith into the Power of Surrender. Uh, because we have different parts of us, and sometimes we don't know how those two intersect. And so in this particular book, I train how your faith relates to performance. And I always say, you can love God and kick butt. Those are not mutually exclusive, but I believe there's a champion in everyone. I believe there's a champion in you. And a lot of times people just need someone to believe in them and show them how to believe in the best parts of themselves and to go for it. And so it's my pleasure through um, my coaching practice to do that. 
and to bring that belief out, particularly in a young person, because if you can do that and instill in them a framework of thought of how to discipline their mind to reach a goal and to do it from a holistic place, I think you've set them up for life. Thank you. We want to hear about mom learning golf at 85. Come on, don't hold back, Veronica. Just take another minute, please. Well, this is an amazing story. When my mother was 85 years old, she was given six months to live with a terminal heart condition. And I realized I was in a whole different kind of championship because we were emotionally estranged for my whole life. And so I basically put everything down and I just said, I'm going to reach your heart before you die. I don't care what it costs, what it takes, how it's going to happen. My dad died when I was young and I just couldn't bear the thought of not knowing at least one of my parents. So I bought her a dog, bought her a cat, took her to her old folks' homes, but everybody was too old for Mildred. So finally one day, out of total exasperation, I said, Mom, that's it. I've had to put your tennis shoes on. We're going to the golf course. So we get to the golf course and I hand my mother an eight iron. And my mother takes a waggle. And, you know, and I'm like, Mom, where'd you get that waggle? I don't waggle the club. She goes, oh, that's how Tiger Woods does it. I said, you're watching too much Tiger Woods. So she proceeds to take a big old backswing, swings down and pops that sucker almost 100 yards on her first try. And anyways, I taught my mom to play golf at 85. I ended up uh, helping her start a house cleaning business at 88. She had her first paid modeling shoot. She wrote us, we wrote a story in Guidepost magazine that inspired 2 million people. At 89, she started public speaking. At 90, I told her it was time for her first golf tournament. So I organized the first grandma open and brought together the generations. And at 91, that woman died my best friend and went out with a bang. And through the power of creativity, we created life. And I tell people there's always more and that there is an inherent energy in the use of gifts and talents that Mm -hmm. is not age specific. So if I could say one thing in this moment, get going with your creativity, Mm -hmm. get moving with your body and your mind, because that journey of creating life and bringing out the gifts and talents in my mom at that life stage, because she had a she had to quit school in the fifth grade to earn a living at 11 years old in the depression. So no one had ever developed her. So there's always more. Thank you very much. Reminds me of my mom who lived on her own, passed away at 100 in her own bed, didn't want an aide, played piano, mahjong, bridge, had her hair and nails done every week. And we hosted a TV show together in Long Island, New York for 22 years. And I called her the star with senior moments, the happy ones. And everybody loved her. And she changed her name every week we were on. She just decided to make up a name. And people said, you girls are so good. Do you write your scripts? I said, hell no, we just riff. That's it. (laughs) I'm her and she me and that's it anyway thank you very much veronica wonderful story and let's go around the table Lori lockyer happy to have you here met you at the summit delighted thank you for being so patient to get on the show and let's hear your story Lori, welcome well thank you so much it was interesting because when i was thinking of some of the sports that i got involved in later in life in my 20s because i was the i was short So I was never picked for the team. I was one of those. I was always picked at the last. So sports weren't a big thing for me. But then I got really creative with sports. So in college, I was a mud wrestler. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Humboldt veterans wanted to put on a, a, a benefit. They needed women. Me and my roommate, we couldn't get any other jobs. And so we did. We were professional mud wrestlers for one night. And we scripted our whole routine of throwing each other around and screaming and everything. And it was hilarious. And we even got to do the TV commercial to promote it. So that was my first um, professional sports <laughs> gig. <laughs> and then after I graduated from my first um, bachelor of science in animal science, because I'd just always been in, for an, into animals my whole life and wanted to go into veterinary medicine, decided to become a professional bodybuilder. And I thought this is great because you have to get creative with your food in order to lose the, the fat and gain the muscle and also with your workouts. And then I got to do this incredible routine in this very tiny little bikini up on stage to music and be flexing all my muscles and smiling. <laughs> and it was so, so much fun. So I did, I did bodybuilding for three years and, and it really got me curious because my coach had me taking all these supplements and I thought, how do you know what supplements you really need? So I went back to school, got a master's in biochemistry um, and molecular biology and came out as um, a pretty much a nutritional biochemist. But there wasn't really a lot of work in that. I really wanted to be a holistic health coach. So I got that started. And in the meantime, to make a paycheck, I started working in clinical trials. Um, so I was managing clinical trials. I got drugs approved during the day. And then I help people get off drugs at night and on the weekend. And I've been doing that for 23 years. So my clinical trial, I've done 47 clinical trials, just all, all different kinds. Um, but the people that I've helped, the women that I've helped, the families that I've been able to support to give them um, remedies with essential oils and diet and look at themselves and then wrote my book. Uh, last year, 12 Steps to Naturally Balancing Hormones, because women like, could you just write this down? And so I made it very easy to read. You know, <laughs> you can just pick any chapter. They're very short, but at least women can get started. And my next book, Making Sense of Your Body After 40, will be out in January. Um, but I wanted to tell my, I, I still kept getting, you know, I still decided I got to do another sport. And so I decided to um, to do Hobie Cat, catamaran sailing. So it's the ones that you um, that you're hanging off the side, you know, going really fast. And so my uh, yeah, uh, so I had a I had a boyfriend at the time, and he just um, he taught me how to sail, and it was similar to horseback riding because I ride horses also. And um, yeah, we did two world championships in Fiji and in Mexico, and it was just, it was a blast until 2008 hit, and then um, he had to sell his boat because of the whole recession and everything that was going on. So um, so my other fun creativity thing is I did a happy chef cooking show during COVID with essential oils. So I taught people how to cook with essential oils um, and we just put it on YouTube and had a blast with it. And we always started with a drink and it was usually an alcohol drink about what we were mixing. So when you said alcohol in the beginning, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Lori, is there anything you haven't tried? You're a daredevil. I, no. I got a little bit of this from your bio, but not. I have one question for you. Just yeah. a brief answer if you would. Tell me, essential oils, what is that definition? What are they exactly? So Just very, very brief. 
Yeah, so very brief. So every plant, it's their, it's their defense system. So the oils come from the plant and it's an aromatic, um, you know, so you, when you put it on your skin, some's going to go into your skin, it's going to evaporate off, you can breathe it in. The best thing about essential oils is that it, when you breathe it in, it goes to your brain and it changes your emotions. So it up levels your emotions and you feel really, really good. So if you're having a bad day, you can change that in a matter of seconds. That's what radio does for me. It changes, yeah. my, changes my emotions in my day. Thank you, Laurie. <laughs> I, I just was making a mental list of everything you said. And I think the only sport you haven't done is golf. So we have to put you together. Veronica's well, waiting. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I did miniature golf, but yeah, my dad and grandpa were the golfers and I just, um, I hung out at the Veronica, we need we need the biochemist bodybuilders golf tournament for <laughs> there for you go. for Laura. Yeah, we got to do that now. Let's go to Katie Marie. Katie Marie, happy to have you here through Mickey Mickelson. So nice to meet you on paper until right now. Let's hear from you. Tell us all about what you do and welcome, Katie. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm feeling like a massive nerd. You've got all these lovely ladies doing these amazing sports and I'm just sitting in like my dark corner playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, <laughs> yes, the most activity I get is when I throw some dice. So I've got like big muscular wrists and that's about it. <laughs> Tell me about your books, your writing, what <laughs> inspires you? Come on. <laughs> Certainly. Um, well, I write horror stories. Um, I say at the moment, but I've been writing horror stories for years now. Uh, my novella, uh, Man in Winter, is the one you mentioned earlier that was a finalist for the Eric Hoffman Award. Um, but I do also write a fair, fair few um, short stories. And I have a novella that I'm working on at the moment and a full novel that's actually been picked up by an agent now. So I'm really, really pleased about that. I started um, writing horror when my mum read me um, bedtime stories. It's hardly a unique situation. Some parents read bedtime stories to their children. My mum was unique in the sense that she read me Clive Barker and Stephen King. <laughs> and so I blame my mum for my horror addiction. I remember being very small. I won't say how small because people will judge my mum. And she was reading me The Thief of Always. And even to this day, um, that's one of my favourite um, novella-sized horror books. It's a fantastic story about a young lad who disappears off into um, a magical house where every year, every day, sorry, is a year. And in the real world, in our world, a, a whole year is actually passing. And the house isn't, it starts off all fun and games, but it very rapidly becomes something a bit more, uh, a bit more sinister in, in nature. But tell yeah, me, so that's where that came from. Tell me about diversity in, in horror that you're talking about in your PhD. We'd love to hear about oh, that too. Go ahead. Yes, yes, certainly. I have officially now started my PhD. I started my PhD officially last week. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> and I am looking at the horror genre and how disabled and diversely abled individuals are represented in that genre. Shock horror is not great. It's better than it used to be. It used to be absolutely abysmal. Um, I'm talking about like mad ladies and attics with uh, finger quotes here. Um, but um, these days we're, we are getting better, but we're still not great. Um, disabled individuals, particularly when you look at things like mental health, dementia, things like that, 
they are portrayed either as the first person who is destroyed by the monster or the horror in the story. They are like the most victimiest victim mm. or they are the monster. And I think that's the one I hate the most is when somebody turns up in a horror story and they have dementia, they have, it's not actually called multiple personalities anymore, but it's what we used to call multiple personalities and, or they're, um, they have psychosis and they are the thing to be afraid of. And it just, it others an entire group of people who are already extremely othered. And I think we need to address that. So in my PhD, I'm looking to show that you can still have a nice, scary story without completely destroying an entire group of people. I like the way you said nice, scary story. I heard the word nice in there. Katie Marie, I think the other two ladies, I'm assuming they joined me in wondering, where did you grow up and what is that lovely accent? Please. <laughs> I grew up um, till I was 16, 17 in Wiltshire, which is in the West Country in England. So I should have a farmer's accent. I don't know why I don't. My mum is very Scottish. My dad okay. is English. I moved to Norfolk, which is the East Coast of England, the little bit of England that sticks out like a bum. That's where I am now. I spent four years in Wales getting my degree and my master's degree and my postgrad qualification. So I, my accent, I think, is sort of an amalgamation of just England and a bit of Scotland in there as well. Very charming. Thank you. Ladies, I'm so impressed with the three of you. If I made a list of everything you've all done and just put it in a great big pot and stirred it up, it was like, just take your pick. They've done absolutely everything. Very, very impressive. Uh, I, I just will make a, a reiteration to you and to my audience around the world that I don't pick and choose my guests by, oh, Katie would do well with Laurie and Veronica would talk well to Katie. I just pick and choose when I go to the, it's date driven. When I go to the publicity summit, I'm in 17 breakout rooms. I meet two or three people in a room. I get two minutes on the clock. Katie, you'll love this with a monitor with a stopwatch in real time. And at two minutes, I'm told that's it. You're done. Wait a minute, Veronica, give me your email. Give me, would you like to be on the show? How about October? ninth it's free yes 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 okay good okay i'm writing i'm writing right thank you very much oh laurie tell me who you are laurie pitch me okay oh laurie would you like me on the show i haven't opened that's how it just it just whatever order i'm presented and i'm always amazed at well that's why the show is called creativity cool conversations with creatives because that's what i'm looking for the creativity that you all do in your life. It's not, oh, are you all singers or dancers or designers or painters? No, you're all people who do other things and you're creative about doing those things. That's what's so exciting for me. So that was just a little, little sidebar there. So talking about creative, I've asked each of you ladies to please select a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric, and you're going to describe, let's keep it real short because we're running a little tight. The bios were long and I loved it. So let's keep it to about two minutes. What does the quote have to say about your creativity? So Veronica Caraman sent a quote from Kathleen, played by Meg Ryan, to Joe, played by Tom Hanks. You guessed it. You've got mail! 1998 American romantic comedy drama film. And Veronica, it used to be you'd either see a romance or a comedy or a horror or a mystery show, right? You wouldn't see a romantic comedy drama. The genres, I'm surprised they didn't say action and animated and all that. Uh, so uh, something to do with a bookstore and he does she doesn't know that he's, he's buying it up and she's a family-owned bookstore and yada, yada, yada. It's a, a lovely story. And here's the quote you selected. It was personal to me, if anything, 
it should begin by being personal. Veronica, what does this have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. Well, and I would um, come a little bit closer to your mic, a little bit closer. I would precede that comment with when Tom Hanks said when he closed down her store, it's not personal, it's just business. And she was like, it was personal to me. And if anything, you know, you begin anything, it should at least begin with being personal. And I think creativity always has an object. You know, if I'm creating something, it's with an object in mind and it's coming out of a place of love and expression. And so I think creativity and being personal really go hand in hand. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Yes, that was quite a movie. And uh, since you're all writers in one way or another, it was interesting that it was you picked a quote about about bookstores, which are certainly going through a huge metamorphosis probably around the world. Question, are you all self-published? Or uh, you mentioned, Katie Marie, your new book has an, has an agent. Uh, are you all self-published or published by publishing houses? Veronica, self? Self-published. Lori? Self. Katie? Hybrid. Hybrid. Interesting. Very, very interesting. The the industry has changed, and I've done shows about that. Thank you very much, Lori. Let's move to your quote. You picked a quote from Rafiki, played by, voiced by an actor, John Kenny, and The Lion King 2019 American musical drama film. There you go, musical drama. I like that. Uh, Rafiki is a mandrel and the shaman or shaman of the Pride Lands in Kingdom Hearts 2. Therefore, he serves as the king's most trusted advisor, and his advice is always Heated. Lion King is directed and co-produced by John Favreau, which is always interesting to me. And the plot, of course, follows Simba, a young lion who must embrace his role as the rightful king of his homeland, following the murder of his father, Musafa, at the hands of his uncle, Scar. And here's the beautiful line you've picked. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But from the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Lori, talk. So I've had a lot of shocking, I want to say, um, moments in my life. And there have been times where I remember my friend saying, how, how do you even get through that? And, and I, I always thought I can, yeah, I can go hide from it, or I can, you know, come out running. And I always try and look for something, what can I do to benefit other people when I'm really hurting, or when something, um, you know, really painful happens. Um, especially grief. So it, it, for me, it is to, um, to not, to not recluse, but to see what can I do and, and what, you know, what can happen. And the, the main thing that recently happened was when I lost my, lo- my last horse, a beautiful Frisian um, horse. So they're the big black ones with the really long mane and they're in TV shows and everything, but I had him for 16 years and, mm-hmm. and he died one day his colon twisted and he was gone and I, and he was my kid. I mean, it was just, it was so sad. So I, I, it, it took me a while to figure out what can I do? And so I have so many beautiful pictures of him cause he's gorgeous. So 2024, I'm going to have a calendar um, with all of his pictures and all of the proceeds will go to a, um, a, a charity that is in our town uh, where disabled kids come to ride horses and they get the therapy from the horses. And so mm-hmm. it's, yeah, so it's really being able to take the past and what can, what good can you bring from it? 
Lovely. Katie can appreciate that, talking about disabilities, right? And I've heard horses can be very, very therapeutic, the equine relationship. I've had people on the show who talk about horseback riding and getting to know and and collaborate and bond with a horse is a very, very special thing. Thank you, Laurie. That's very touching. Thank you for sharing that. Katie Marie, let's go to you. You picked a quote from Dr. Peter Venkman. Anybody remember? Played by Bill Murray. Ghostbusters, 1984 American supernatural comedy film uh, directed and produced by Ivan Reitman uh, based on his fascination with spirituality. Dan Aykroyd conceived it as a project starring himself and John Belushi. Well, guess what? John Belushi died in 1982. So they hired Harold Ramis to help rewrite it. They set it in New York City, and it was the first comedy to use expensive special effects. Columbia Pictures was concerned. The budget ran up to $30 million dollars. And there was so much competition for special effects studios at the time that Richard Edland, who was part of this, used part of the budget and he founded Boss Film Studios using practical effects, miniatures and puppets to deliver the ghoulish visuals. So he made his own studio because they couldn't find one. So here is the the quote, Katie Marie, you got to help me with this one. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Okay, Katie, you go ahead. Yeah, I I love this quote, um, mostly because it's, um, for people who've seen Ghostbusters, yes, it is a comedy, but it's still a bunch of random guys fighting something impossible, something very supernatural in nature. And how do you fight something like that? But now they came, they saw, they kicked its ass, and they did it by being creative. And I love the idea of taking creativity as a whole and using it to smack something horrible in its face, to put it bluntly. So okay. that's, that's why I picked that quote. Smacking. So is that, I saw Laurie when I mentioned Peter Venkman. Laurie was, yes, she remembers the character. Interesting, the characters that create memories in us. Thank you very much, ladies. I'm now, I didn't tell you this, but I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. You sent me four. Veronica asked me to send her hers today so she could review them. Veronica, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with your number two. I'll read it for you and just take about three minutes to unpack it, as we say, and Lori and Katie, if you have any comments on what Veronica is sharing with us, wiggle one of your nice fingers and I'll call on you because that's the beauty of Zoom. I can see you. And then I will pick one from Lori and I'll read it for you. We'll do the same and then one from Katie. And then we've got some celebrity birthdays and some fun stuff to talk about. So Veronica says creativity is about communication. She says, when I want to explain something to someone, I use my filter. I'm putting air quotes around it to help people understand a meaning. For, meaning. for instance, I talk about creating a shot of joy to make a fresh relational connection with someone a shot comes from golf but it's a singular connection with the ball veronica why don't you go ahead and unpack this for me i think that creativity comes about a lot like i mentioned in the lens that we see things through and when i was making these connections with my mother these fresh connections there was a part of my brain that was thinking golf, because when you make contact with the ball, you either hit the sweet spot, you can whiff it, you can uh, hit a glancing blow. And I thought, and golf is just one shot plus one shot plus one shot. And here I am having this revelation on how to bring about reconciliation and fresh connection in a human way 
from this game. And so the creative part was taking a term that was so familiar to me in golf, a shot of joy. And I tell people I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about <laughs> golf, you know, a shot. Because making a transformation in a relationship is just making one authentic connection with somebody, just a shot. And so I think that sometimes we think that um, creativity has to come up with like a totally original idea, you know, from the atmosphere, when really it's about another comment I made that a lot of times creativity is about convergence, which means I'm going to take one area over here and another area over here. And the two don't seem to relate to one another, but I'm going to cause them to relate to one another and bring out a whole new dimension that we haven't thought about before. So that's why I say creativity is about communication. I like that very much. And I don't know if you and Lori met a young man, uh, his first name was Yasmin and uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N, Yen, I think he pronounced it, at the summit, maybe it was a different, a different edition of the summit than the one I met the two of you on. And he was an ambassador of joy, Veronica. And he travels around the country and wherever he meets people and stays with them, you've heard of couch surfing. Well, he's a kitchen surfer. He says, what's in your kitchen? And he cooks a meal. He, <laughs> Katie, this guy takes whatever's in their kitchen and their cabinets and their refrigerator and he makes a meal for whoever his hosts are. And that's how he says, thank you for letting me stay. I'm not sure how he meets all these people, but he's traveled around the country spreading joy. So when I heard the word joy, Veronica, it reminded me of him the world needs the world needs let's just leave it at that thank you very much for sharing that Lori. i'm going to your statement number three this is very interesting i'll read it you say i listen to my belly and gut for creative ideas and i ask my body what it wants i've never had anybody say this before Lori. by holding the item at my belly and asking it if my body leans forward yes my body leans backwards? No. This has been my creative way to lose weight and stay in a joyful, there's that word again, joyful weight. You got to tell me how that works because I usually lean into the food and I say yes, and it says yes back to me. Lori, go ahead, unpack for us, please. So this, it's so interesting when I learn um, how to listen to my body and I had to do it when I was bodybuilding and that's, you know, where I started. And for some people, they would put their fingers together like this and they would say a question and pull just, you know, casually. And if your fingers break apart, that's a no. And if they stay together, that's a yes. Um, so if I'm in a restaurant and I don't want to stand up and decide what I want on the menu, I have my hands <laughs> under the table and I'm like, okay, is that it, the egg Parmesan? And it's like, no, and, and I'm going down the menu and then all of a sudden my fingers stay together and that's what my body wants. But when I'm standing and when I'm at home, I will literally, um, I got to grab something just for fun. Sure. Yeah. So we'll grab coconut chews. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just hold them <laughs> right here. Demo. And wait a minute, yes. everybody on Voice America Empowerment, you're not able to see this. Lori's standing up and she's holding this bag of dark Co chocolate, chocolate, chocolate shoes, and okay, just hold look. it right at your belly. Go ahead. Um, here, I can put my camera back just a little. That's okay. Pull it back. And I'll just go body. Do you want these? And nope. So, um, so a leaning back is a leaning back is no, but let me just 
do one that I know my body wants. So yeah. a glass of water and I'll just hold water here. My knees are bent. So, and I'm not leaning either way. And I'm just like, body, do you want a glass of water? And it's a, just a gentle <laughs> lean. And you can do this with anything. You can do this with, you know, do you want red wine or white wine? You know, and if my body says no to both, then I don't have wine that night. Um, and I, I'll do it with food. I'm in the grocery store. I'm holding something like I, I really want something that's sweet and I'll hold it. My body's like, no. And then occasionally it says, yes. And I have no guilt. This is the whole thing. You do not want to eat with guilt because you're, you'll just gain weight. So if you, if you eat something <laughs> and you go, oh, I'm going to gain weight with this. And your body says, oh, your brain goes, okay, we'll make that happen. Um, but when you ask your body first, it, um, yeah. And I, you know, I recently lost 20 pounds. Um, Whoa. and so, yeah, I kind of, I had brought down and then I got, you know, went through that whole, that lovely menopause thing and uh, we just wake up and you're like, what? Yes. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's the belly fat all about? Uh, but I was carb cycling and, and doing some other stuff and it just, yeah. And was able to get it off. So I, I, I also do that when I'm customizing supplements for people. I want to really see what their body wants. So I'm able to help them do some, do that testing and they're able to see, cause there are some, there are some supplements that we take every day and some that we don't. And so being able to ask your body is really the best way to um, be, be healthy. So. Thank you. Very, very interesting. When I was making the Godiva flourless chocolate tort with the package of ganache frosting for my birthday cake and my daughter's birthday is in a couple of weeks so we did it together 10 o'clock last night i know we broke all the rules chocolate cake at 10 o'clock and put sparkler candles and we each blew one out and they didn't blow out so we had to do it again uh my body was definitely saying yes torpedoes be damned so what can i tell you it was really really good uh oh, yeah. my, gro my grocery store uh food lion here in in loudon tennessee decided to close out this this good it's a godiva product and it's flourless chocolate tort they decided to close them out and i was wandering down the cake and muffin mix aisle one day and i just have i don't know what what brought me there my body just said walk down that aisle Lori. i just couldn't resist and i saw a close out and i said well gee it's godiva how how good or bad could it be took it home three bucks fantastic loved it so much i they didn't have it Amazon, it's almost $12 a box. And there's one that's a cheesecake mix. And it's just as good. So and they come with their own little baking pan, their little it's cardboard with a little hole in it and a little insert. And you don't even have to waste a pan just a little bowl to mix it up a little bit microwaving here and no eggs just it's phenomenal. Anyway, so I've done my yes, and my body keeps saying yes to that. Thank you, Katie Marie, I'm going to number four. This is very interesting, your statement, you say horror. Listen up, ladies, you're going to appreciate this. Horror is fundamentally about people and their issues, not monsters. We dress it up with monsters, they become caricatures for people, extreme versions of issues we face or problems we have. But the heart of the story is people, how do they band together to fight the quote unquote monster? How do they find redemption from or fall victim to their own flaws and issues? This is a wow, Katie Marie. Unpack this, very interesting, you're on, go ahead. Yeah, no, don't I sound just so deep? I. <laughs> <laughs> You do, you do. I'm totes deep. I'm not a shallow puddle at all, honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this came from a TED Talk that I watched and would 100% recommend. Um, and it's a look at why people love 
the horror genre and why we can benefit from telling scary stories. And the key takeaway is the the quote you just just read out. And it basically boils down to horror being used as a tool for us to look at issues that we might not be comfortable talking about otherwise. We might not be comfortable talking about um, gender inequality, race inequality, um, ability inequality, um, things like that. But you can create these monsters that are, like the quote says, caricatures of those issues and watch as people come together to defeat them in like the simplest form. But you can also be a little bit more subtle with it. You can have, um, for example, just off the top of my head, scary vampire story. There's a scary vampire in the town and there's a family and the vampire decides to gnom on one of the teenage, pretty teenage people. <laughs> it's always the pretty teenage people. And so one of those pretty teenage people, one of the members of this family is now a vampire. And how are the rest of the family going to come to terms with that? Are they going to be accepting? I mean, <laughs> it could go either way. And you could use it to tell a story about familial acceptance when one member of your family doesn't quite fit the mold anymore. Mm-hmm. How would you react to that? How would you would you welcome them back in? Do they become so othered that they aren't a part of your family anymore? And that could raise you can start asking yourself questions that you might not be comfortable asking yourself in other ways and i love i love horror as a means to to do that i think it's a fantastic tool for that interesting katie when you sent me your your four creativity statements i believe they were on the generic side just broad brush and i asked you to apply them to what you do and you did such a nice job of expanding them so thank you very much ladies i'm very very impressed Uh, creativity is to me it's what we each do it's how you talk how you dress how you answer the phone how you prepare your food how you sit at a table how you speak to people how you express yourself in any way, how you brand yourself, how you choose what to do. Lori, look at all your professions. Katie, look at what you're doing using the subject of disability in your chosen horror field. Veronica, look at what you did getting your mom. You brought her into life. I don't know about back to into life from 85 to 91. You help create events and situations for other people to participate in because you wanted to have a relationship with your mom and you saw something. You created what she didn't have or what was just a little tiny seed in her that you saw. I, I'm, you know, I'm very- Do you know what's really interesting? Because I, I don't often think about horror, but in that scenario, I couldn't deal with the emotional horror of my mom dying and never connecting with me. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be horrible. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like, so yes. I, I, that's a very interesting thought of what motivates us when we, when we think of the dark side of what could happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I I remember the day when I called my mom. It was early days of cell phone. I was in the car and I said, Mom, I recently created a TV show called Senior Moments. It wasn't the happy ones yet. It was just Senior Moments because a friend of mine was running for a local election, local position, and he needed to embrace the seniors in the community. So I said, I'll create a show for you. I was into, I had four TV series. I said, oh, what the heck? I'll create another TV series. So I invited him and somebody else talking about 
his campaign to run for park commissioner or something like that. And I had somebody else on the show. And all of a sudden, is that a cat, Katie Marie? It is. I'm you, so sorry. <laughs> no, no. Quick, introduce. Who? What's the name yep. of the cat? Uh, this little orange boy is Finnegan, and Hello. he's a butt. <laughs> Hello, Finnegan. Oh, nice God. to meet you. Yeah. So anyway, I'm in the car, and I start to cry while I'm driving, and I had my Bluetooth or whatever I was using for heads. It would be before you had to go hands-free, but I, I did. I called Mom, and I said, Ruth? how would you like to co-host a TV show with me? And she said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you've been a guest on my other show and you're a real natural in front of the camera. I said, but senior moments, that's who you are. Not the funny, bad, weird kind, the best kind. And I picked Ella Fitzgerald's, Veronica, you're going to appreciate this. I picked Ella Fitzgerald's song, From This Moment On, From This Moment On, You and I, Dear. I think you can understand that. Maybe you all can. Katie's a little young for that. As the theme song, we could use a branded music because public access was a 501c3 and we were allowed to use any music we want. So anyway, it was very interesting. She accepted. And we did, I think, 252 shows together, Veronica, over 20 years. And she was the star everybody loved her so anyway so i gave her that ability to get out of her her apartment and come to the studio and get all dressed up and meet all kinds of people she never would have met so i i relate to that ladies we have just about six minutes left and i want to run through a couple of birthdays and a couple of events let's do this fast sharon osborne she's 71 today did you know that she rejuvenated ozzy's career by creating the summer oz fest she published a fiction novel katie marie called revenge in 2010 and she was a part-time panelist on a TV show called Loose Women. Surprise, surprise. She was a judge on The X Factor and, of course, America's Got Talent. Happy birthday, Sharon Osbourne. I love her red hair color. I've always tried to emulate that. Not quite. Tyler James Williams. You may not know his name, but he's 31. He was the star of Everyone, Everybody Hates Chris, the TV show. There was a sitcom, if you're not familiar with it. He was the youngest person at 14 to win an NAACP Image Award. There you go. And he was in a TV show that I really loved called Whiskey Cavalier on ABC. He played an NSA analyst. Sean Lennon, you all know who, whose son he is, John and Yoko, is 48 today. Sean Lennon, oh my goodness. And he's the godson of Elton John, who knew. And you might not know that Steve Jobs attended Yoko and John's parties and they gave young Sean at a very young age, an early Macintosh when he was nine years old. I thought that was interesting. And he appeared in Michael Jackson's film Moonwalker in 1988. Bella Hadid, I mentioned, she's a Libra supermodel daughter of Yolanda and Mohammed Hadid. And she was a 2016 model of the year by model.com. 27, happy birthday. In memoriam, John Lennon. 1940 to 1980 left us too soon. I have two social media stars who are going to knock your socks off. You all sitting down? Looks like you're sitting down. Uh, a TikTok and Instagram star named Jaded, Jada, J-A-D-A, Go Million. I don't know if she made it up. G-O-M-I-L-L-I-N-21. She has 1.8 million followers on TikTok. Katie, what do you think of that? She does dance videos and selfies and daily life photos. And on Instagram, oh, she's a slouch. She only has 70,000 followers on Instagram. But anyway, she's having her 21st birthday, and I think that's worthy. And on YouTube, we have a young man named Cody Jones. I hope you're all sitting down. He's 36. You know what's special about him? He has 59 million subscribers. I'll tell you why. 
there's a, a group of five guys called Dude Perfect, D-U-D-E Perfect, and he's the tall guy and the loudmouth. He's one of five co-founders. It's a sports and entertainment brand specializing in trick shots and comedy, blah, blah, blah. And they're all in college, and they said, hey, let's just do this. They were featured in the All-Star All-Sports Golf Battle too, Veronica. Uh-huh. Dude Perfect video, December 2017. 59 million subscribers. Oh, my goodness. In 1985, on what would have been John Lennon's 45th birthday, a section of Central Park in New York is christened christened Strawberry Fields in his memory. I don't know if you know this, but in 1986, Kenny G was hardly known. He made an appearance on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. And instead of playing Junior Walker's What Does It Take to Win Your Love, he went off script and played his own composition. Guess what? A record company saw him, heard it, recorded it. It became a hit, and it became the the basis for his instrumental saxophone songs and the emergence of smooth jazz. He didn't behave himself. In 2000 on the state, Barry White gave a speech to the debate squad at Oxford University. Barry White! Uh, In 2007, Josh Groban released his Christmas album, Noel. It was the top-selling album of 2007 and one of the best-selling Christmas albums of all time. And in 2018 on the state, Monty Scripto, that's a pun. First ever lyrics and drawing exhibition by guess who? Bob Dylan opened at the Halcyon Gallery in London. Today is Columbus Day. It's Curious Events Day. It's International Beer and Pizza Day. I didn't have that yet. It's Kick Butt Day. There you go. Somebody mentioned. I think that's for you, Katie Marie. And it's Moldy Cheese Day. I don't know. October is the month of museums and galleries. National Apple Month, Caramel Month, Chili Month, Cookie, Dessert, Pasta, Pickle Peppers, Pizza, Pretzel, Sausage, and Vegetarian. And I'm almost ready to close out. And we have less than a minute. So I want you all, you're going to stick around for pictures. So I want you all to just smile while I read my closing here. And thank you to the three of you. It's been just pure delight getting to know you. So life is short. You can smile or clap if you like this. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Eh, not so much. Kiss slowly. Definitely. Love truly. I want you to all join me in a quick laugh uncontrollably. One, two, three. Katie's forcing herself and never, ever regret anything that made you smile. Final words, work like you don't need the money. Nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching disco in high heels on a Formica table in a cafeteria, a school cafeteria in front of 250 students somewhere in Eugene, Oregon, everybody watched because they thought I'd fall. I didn't. And I made them give me a wooden stage the next week. There you go. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing only once today. I didn't ruin the show. And love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Let your heart regrow. Let it rejuvenate. Let it regroup. Give it some essential oils, Lori, and let your heart feel better. Money talk. Oh, yes. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. And before I say this, thank you to Jordan Henson for being our engineer tonight. Everybody wave goodbye. Final words. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red signing off. Guests don't go away. Jordan, are we out? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.